Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Wait, so you really want to make a podcast? Do, 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 do. Yeah, what if we just sang our um, music? Maybe we should get some real music, Samantha. The podcast king. Oh, you're still recording. Three. Survival Jobs is a podcast spotlighting artists, their side hustles, and their passions. Hosted by Samantha Titsolo and Jason A. Coombs. Boom. Sweet. Okay. Love it. Good afternoon, Jason. (laughs) Good afternoon. Good morning. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) Cheerio. (laughs) Top of the morning to you. Yeah, exactly. Jason, my allergies are absolutely in my body right now so i feel loopy doopy yeah yeah just be popping mad benadryl every night i'd be falling asleep on you when you be texting me i'd be taking benadryl at nighttime i'm knocking out at like 9 30 and you're waking up at three o'clock in the morning that's why i take (laughs) that's why i take claritin because the benadryl makes me effed up really bad i I I take claritin in the daytime can you mix those are you allowed to do that because that's what i've been doing i don't know honestly all bets are (laughs) off like i don't even care i'll mix it all that sounds bad. I won't, but you know what I mean? Like when you have an itchy throat and your teeth feel like they're falling out of your head, you'll do whatever it yeah. takes. Well, What's I up? To, oh yeah. I mean, you know, same old, same old, another pandemic day, <laughs> <laughs> another pandemic, uh, I'm still in this pandemic life, but you know, we're out here, we're doing it. We're creating, we're doing our stuff. You know, we're episode eight of this podcast, which is very exciting. I like talking to our good friend today. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to Alana. I haven't seen her in, well, obviously in a long time, but um, even prior to that, you know, because she was always doing her thing. She was on a tour. She was on a boat. She was doing the thing. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Um, yeah. What are you doing? Anything new? Any podcasts? Any TV shows you've been watching? Any books? Yeah. Tell me. So I feel like everyone has a podcast now. So I wanted to just give some, you know, some, some good some good podcast juju out to some friends. Um, my good friend, Alana Johnson, not Alana Cawthon, who's our guest today, a different Alana. Um, she's my stage bay. We worked together so many times in acting class and after acting class, but she just came up with a podcast called Ms. Leading because she's a leading lady. So like MZ leading where it's kind of like, you know, partial like self-help kind of like inspirational, you know, about being an artist, kind of like what we talk about. But not really, because not about survival jobs, but just like a general, you know, just a general kind of artist talk. It was very cool. So people should listen to that. After they listen to our, they should click on over to Misleading. I have another friend, actually had a podcast before us called The Inclusive Screenwriter. And her name is Ashwini Prasad. And she writes about um, how to make your work more inclusive, right? More diverse and um, how to do it in a very effective and transparent way which um, I really enjoy listening to her. And then my good other good friend, Tyler Geis, released a podcast called Tyler Geis's Basement, which is like also interviewing people in his, not in his basement, but on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> but, yep. um, <laughs> I know that too well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so, wow. That's yeah, a lot of podcasts. Yeah. So I'm like, let's, let's spread the podcast love, you know? Let's, yeah. After listening to a survival jobs, check out theirs. That's so nice. How do you yeah, have time to, to listen to everybody's podcast and run a film festival and do this podcast and <laughs> go to writing class? Uh, yeah, um, you're a superhero, I swear. 
No, not, you're a superhero. No, I'm not. I just literally put on eye, under eye bag cream while you were talking. I don't know <laughs> if you saw me. That's what's up with me. I did. I'm getting I ready. Did. Shout out to my very best fucking friend, Haley Kishel. Yes. I'm getting ready for her wedding literally this weekend. And I know you're a busy I girl. I don't know how I'm going to get through this day without sobbing the whole time. It's so surreal that she's yes, getting Haley. married. Not surreal. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. It's just crazy because I feel like we we didn't grow up together, but as adults, we grew up together. I was like, ah, as adults, we grew up together yeah. like from college through adult life. So it's going to be a big weekend. You've known her for what? Almost like what? 13 years? I met her when I was 17. And I'll just tell this quick story, which has nothing to do with the survival job or art, but I'm going to tell it. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I was a theater major, so it's kind of related to art. Uh, nobody liked me at. WestCon, you weren't there that first. <laughs> no, I don't know if you know any of this story. You weren't there that first year, but I was so hyped to be a theater major and to go to college that at the club's carnival, I was so excited and just like I went to the table, the center stage booth, and it was like Pat White, Adam, shout out, shout out. And I can't remember who else. And I was like, oh my God, is this the theater club? Like a little weirdo, 17, like all oh excited. And I, they said, yeah, are you a theater major? And I said, yes. And I think Adam, <laughs> Adam asked me if I ever did a show before. And I said, yeah, I've been doing theater since I was eight. Then Pat White took that and told everybody in the theater department that I was drunk at Clubs Carnival. And then I <laughs> told them that I was dancing since I was five, which is not the truth because I was not dancing since I was five. So I would never say that. So nobody really liked me. And I was sitting and they all thought I was fucking weirdo, which I was. Um, but I was sitting alone in the cafeteria. And that was fine. I was just like eating lunch in between classes and Haley was there um, with our friend, Matt Bagley. Shout out to him too. And she made him move tables and come sit with me because I was left alone. I was there all by oh myself. My and, she knew, yeah, and she knew everyone thought I was a weirdo. And so she came and sat with me. And I think ever since then, we just like were in love. That makes me want to sob. And so that's really um, beautiful. Yeah. Long story short, I'm gearing up for that wedding weekend. That's incredible. I'm so excited for her. And um, damn, hit me my feels right there. I, <laughs> I never knew that story. Yeah. Wow. Good. That's going to be what part of my friend. speech. Yeah. <laughs> I still am like struggling to write my maid of honor speech because it's like you want to make sure it's, you know, a captivating, I guess, for the guests, but also like sentimental, but also like funny and entertaining. And I, I, I love her so much and I want to make sure that I get that across, but I also don't want it to be a big, like, uh, cry fest. So I take really... the pressure off. Just yeah. be you. Yeah. Just connect with her. Like, obviously, yes, those things you want to have those things, but it's not about anybody else but her and her partner. So make it about her and her partner and your friendship with her. And that's yeah. all. I mean, I was the same way. I did a speech for my friend, but just yeah. focus on that, and you'll be fine. And you're so naturally yeah. engaging and funny and captivating and interesting and charismatic like you're going to do perfect no matter what you do oh you coomzy that, in you. that was nice thanks coomzy it's true. yeah i think i'll it's just write very, some very... bullet points down and then see what happens try not to drink too much before but that's going to be hard <laughs> 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 just kidding kind of <laughs> it's a wedding um, we'll be drunk all day thank you like a sober dry wedding but who who wants that <laughs> not me <laughs> definitely not me but <laughs> yeah, exactly. to each their fucking own 
So speaking of WestCon and uh, the college years, let's talk about Alana. Oh my gosh. Can I just say first, before we get into her bio, that me and Alana were like stage partners. That's funny because I was a stage partner with the other Alana too a lot. <laughs> anyway, um, me oh, and Alana wow. popped in. Right? Isn't that funny? I That's guess it was all the Black people together. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't but, know. Um, yeah. I actually knew Alana before WestCon. I remember I was so excited when she transferred into WestCon, how amazing that was. I've known her since, you know, we were like 2008 or 2007, maybe 2006. It's been such a long time. All the time is just blurred. But yeah, she's an incredible person that we're so fortunate to know and agreed to be on the podcast today with us. So Alana Coppin is a working actor and hair makeup designer for community and professional theaters in New York and Connecticut. She has a BA in theater performance from Western Connecticut State University and studied dance and theater at the renowned Howard University. She also teaches voice and audition prep for singers of all ages and works as a private childcare provider. On the stage, some of her most recent credits include the 20th anniversary tour of Rent, the musical, hello, main stage performer, uh, featured yes. as the Lion King vocalist on Disney Cruise Line, Effie White in Dreamgirls, and Motormouth Maybell in Hairspray at the Downtown Cabaret Theater, which to connect our guests, which I love to do this, yes. uh, Robert Peter Paul works at the Downtown Cabaret Theater. I love when our guests. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, we're like bringing in all our friends for these first weeks. (laughs) Of course, they're all going to like connect, but it's still fun in a small world and cool. Um, Yeah, so she did that at the Downtown Cabaret Theater and BJ Smokey Joe's Cafe uh, at Theater by the Sea. She's so fierce, you guys. Like, if you have not seen a clip of her, go. I'm sure she's on YouTube. Go YouTube her. We'll also throw some clips on the Instagram. Um, she has one of the best voices, like not even kidding, of like anyone I know, like in real life or like professionally. That yeah. voice that comes out of her is unreal, like jaw droppingly good. Mm. It is. I, I'll never yeah. forget Whorehouse when she sang that her her solo 24, 24 Hours of Loving. Hours right? of loving. And, but it starts like a cappella, and she like blew the raptors off. Like, I remember just having chills every day. I'm like, how could this person I'm watching like not be? on Broadway, like right now, she was like, so ready for it. You know, like the technique. hundred percent. Yeah. That clip is on YouTube. So we definitely should drop it in the episode. I need to watch it every day. Yeah. You know, and also you guys can catch me in the background in a crop top, yellow shirt and white shorts. I'm much thinner and I'm doing high kicks as a whore. (laughs) But Alana is like the real talent in the house, in the house, (laughs) in the whorehouse. (laughs) In the whorehouse, the best little whorehouse in, in Texas. Texas, Texas um, has so a whorehouse in it. Um, yeah, <laughs> we invite her into it. the room. Yeah, Alana Cawthon, as we live and breathe. Hello, <laughs> welcome. Hi. I'm so happy to speak with you, Alana, today. <laughs> this is I've like, known you for I'm, so long. I know. I know. It's like yeah. a mini college reunion. Eesh. I mean, I love you guys, but college. <clears throat> I was looking up information about you. Just I, obviously, I know you, but I wanted to just, you know, do my research as a podcast host. And I got brought to Broadway World. And then I got brought to like WestCon. And you were like, you're listed as one of the notable WestCon students. 
<laughs> I was like, okay. Oh my God, Alana. <laughs> I was that's incredible. Well, I'm honored. I guess we made it. I made it to the Bronx. That's where I am. How do yeah. you think how do you think you made it to that page? Like to like to to be on the I've made it list? Yeah. Of, of West Ham grads. What I think happened is that my legacy was just so strong. And honestly, it was yes. that picture that was up in the on the West Side like campus. Uh yes. in the blue dress, the, right? Was that a- yeah, in the blue dress. I think that's mm-hmm. really what solidified my spot <laughs> as she's made it. So that's really I think that's where it came from. Yeah. Also, you should have given full approval before they posted you on the website. I think that's also kind of bullshit. No, I don't think she's on the website. It was like something else. It was like an interview uh, with someone. I don't know. But it was like notable students. And it was like you and some other people. And I was like, yes. Yes, Alana. Wow. That's big <laughs> I'll, time. I'll send it to you. Um, so for those of who don't know, we've known Alana for a long time. Actually, Alana, I've known you since like 2008. We did Fame. Fame. <laughs> At the playhouse on the green. <laughs> and I, I used to call you staff. When was that? Yeah, you did. Oh, that was a solid t- 2005, 2006. Oh, 2006. Wow. Yeah. Because 2008, yeah. we were in college by then. Yeah. That's and right. I was like a sophomore in high school when I did fame with you, you and were. Shannon and Kyle. Yeah. I know. Wow. I was a- let it be known that for the one and only time in my life, besides when I uh, danced with Ailey, not like professionally, like as a kid, it was the one time in my life where someone actually recognized me as a dancer. And because wow. you were dance. killing it. <laughs> I was like in the dance school. Dancing is the hardest profession <laughs> in the world. Hard work. Wow, I didn't so, know that you guys knew each other pre-WestCon. All black people know each other, Samantha. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's why we were always seen partners, because it was only three of us. That and I don't think anybody else could handle our combined girth. So, Alana, let's get this party started officially. Okay. <laughs> How have you been over the past crazy 14 months of this pandemic? I currently am good. I have adjusted um it was a very rough beginning to this uh this year 14 month period i actually came fully from a cruise ship as all of this craziness was starting i was uh held captive on a cruise ship for about a month yeah so long story short we were crossing the panama canal at the end of february and it was a 14-day cruise. Within that 14-day span, really, like, the pandemic had started, like, ramping up and everybody was starting to understand, like, this is not something to play around with. It's, like, we, it, it's a serious thing. So during that yeah. 14 days, we didn't stop for the first six days, I believe. And once we were about to approach the canal, we were supposed to get off in Mexico. We couldn't. We then got over to the West Coast after we, you know, went through the canal. And we were supposed to, you know, get off in Panama. We were supposed to get off, like, on the way. We couldn't get off anywhere. Mind you, there were, like, guest performers that were coming, that came on the ship with us that was supposed to get off in Mexico, like, three days into our cruise, and then ended up being stuck on the ship with us for the full 14-day. Oh, my goodness. So we get over, finally, to uh, San Diego, to California, and we let off all of our passengers. And at that point, they told us that we were going to be quarantined on the boat for at least a week. So at this point, we've been on the boat for two weeks with passengers 
we couldn't really perform. We were like very limited. Um, we did like a cabaret and some small performances like halfway through the cruise and then kind of like the, la- the second half of the cruise, we couldn't do anything. So all of our, all the passengers left. We quarantined for a week. We sailed out to sea only to come back to port to realize that we could not get off the ship at all because then full-fledged like lockdown mode started happening all across the country. So all in all, I ended up on that ship without touching solid ground for seven weeks. Um, It was insane and nobody really knew what was going on. It was really scary definitely by the grace of the lord jesus christ himself sweet black baby mm-hmm. jesus he got us off that ship the day before trump signed into order that people on cruise ships couldn't leave the day before that all happened we got on a plane it took me about 12 full hours to get home because my plane kept getting canceled and i got home i went to connecticut and i stayed for like six months and then i came back to new york and i was like i gotta start working because i funds are tight you know, it's not, it's not, it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. And I think working just through the pandemic in New York City really brought out a different survival skill that I didn't know I mm. even had inside of me. Like, for sure, just the way that I had to take care of myself this whole time was uncharted territory. Such a weird, weird thing to do. But I'm here. I'm blessed. I'm vaccinated. I'm going to not have a hot girl summer because that's not <laughs> what we're going to do. But I will take some liberties and some freedoms and like see my family and travel a bit. But I'm I'm just happy that we are where we are and I'm looking to the future and hoping for better, safer days. Well, thank you for sharing that. I I hope it wasn't too traumatic to relive that. Wow. Well, glad you're back ashore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So so you were doing a performance gig on that boat. I know you've done a ton of performing. You're such an incredible singer and actress. So what was your best survival job that you had on your path and your way to be able to perform professionally? My best survival job is, and I think honestly forever will be nannying. I am a full-fledged nanny of the children of New York. I kind of do it all. I cartwheel into their lives and I ruffle their feathers and that's so cute. I, cartwheeling into their lives. Thank you. I get their parents together. I teach them about social justice and how to like raise a child in this state that we're in currently in this country. And do they uh, ask you I that? Guess, oh no, no one asks for okay. it, but they okay, get a lot of coffin. They get all of it because I will not be carting around anyone's children who don't know how to treat other people. So yes. that is that's so one. important too. It's afforded me a lot of opportunities for like flexibility and using my creativity in other ways. I love to teach. I love to just kind of like be around children because it gives me such like joy really they're just really joyful humans and individuals especially when they uh, you know are surrounded by good people and people that love them and they love and I try and insert a little bit of myself into every job I take so definitely I'd say nannying is was the best survival job I love that you'd be such a great nanny Aww. Do you I sing mean, to the kids? I, do I sing to the kids? Uh, <laughs> I, sing every, I literally sing every sentence. It's not like like everything that happens. I'm just like, and we're going to the store, and then we're going to come back here, and then you're going to do your homework, take a bath. 
maybe we'll watch TV. That's literally how I talked to them. Yeah, it's so. no, but like <laughs> that that 16 bars or whatever you just gave, like uh, send it to a casting director. Okay, so you had you told us what your best arrival job is, but what was yeah. your worst, if you can remember? You haven't blocked out of your memory. And why was it so bad? Nannying. The best and the worst. And I'll tell you, when it's bad, it's bad. It There yeah. is truly no in-between when it comes to nannying. Like, if you cannot get along with, first and foremost, the parents and, like, your style of, not even just discipline, but your style of communication, your your level of involvement in the kids' lives, your ability to, like, really tell the parents and or the group or whoever you're you know nannying for what your needs are and sticking to your guns and really like being your own advocate it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do and I am my own agent I don't have an agent I have gotten every theater job that I've ever gotten by myself and negotiated my own pay and everything and being a nanny is exponentially harder than anything I've ever had to deal with in the theaters kids are tricky Kids are tricky. Grownups are tricky. Just kind of figuring out how you're going to navigate, how you're going to present yourself to these little people to in- inspire them and to get, you know, the parents on the same page as you is, is very hard. I've, I've come home many a night, 2016, 17, especially. I probably cried every single night after I nannied, mostly because people don't value you. People don't value who you are, what you're here to do. They don't, you know, they don't think about what kind of you know, what they're, what, what they're setting up their children to see in the people who they essentially employ, you know, making sure that I never get stepped on was a big learning curve for me because I am a people pleaser. I always aim to please and, Mm -hmm. you know, make people happy, but all in all, you can't make anybody else happy if you're being stepped on every day. I'm so happy that I have this beautiful family that I work for right now. My girls are like my life. Shout out Clara and Gemma. They're my world. I love them so much. (laughs) I couldn't be happier. Okay, Clara. Okay, Gemma. (laughs) Y'all better listen. They are gems. They are literal gems and their parents are awesome. And they just like, they get me, we get each other. It's such a good relationship. Um, Alana, can you tell us a little bit about just to jump subjects, but I am mm-hmm. what your audition process process was like process. for the rent <laughs> 20th anniversary national wow. tour. Well, shout out my friend, our friend, Tara Jean Llewellyn, because she's literally yes, the reason why I booked that show and I will tell you why she called me while I was at work nannying a terrible family. That's the family that made me cry for every day. Um, and I was like underground and she's like, Alana, you have to audition for Rhett. And I was like, Tara, I just like, I, why? I, it's fine. Like, it's not a big deal. I was like, and I probably can't mm-hmm. even sign up. She signed up for me. She like, wow. went on the little cue signed me up I got the being like great I can go now so I went to the audition what did I sing I sang I must have sang something Aretha Franklin related definitely um because I had just done oh my god a show that featured Aretha so I can't remember exactly which Aretha song I sang but I definitely sang an Aretha song and no lie I was in line so there was about 600 trillion people there as I assume you could imagine um so I'm standing there and I'm just like great I don't care. I'm going in there. I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to sing how I sing. I'm going to be how I be. And I went in there. I sang how I sang. I did how I did. I was how I was. I go back in the holding room and legitimately out of like the 40 people that were in my line, 
they absolutely only called like three people back. So then the next level of that was I had to come back and sing Seasons of Love. And I prepared the Joanne stuff as well. So we were all in a room with Tim, who is the music director for Rent. And he has been since the beginning of time. He worked with Jonathan Larson. He's So the team of Rent has stayed intact from its beginning. And people's roles have shifted. So like our director, Evan Ensign, was the first stage manager. So he is now director. Wow. Um, That's wild. Yeah, it was, I mean, on tour, we met Papa Larson, like Jonathan Larson's dad. He came out a few times and like talked to us. And the family is the motherfucking family. They don't leave each other. They don't quit. Like I, I, we met a few of wow. the uh, original Broadway cast, like the guy who played Benny. And I met the original season soloist. It was just unreal. Okay, so I'll get back to that. But anyway, so I go in. And it's like a semicircle full of other girls who are like auditioning for Joanne and season soloist. And I was like, okay, at this point, I don't even know how to describe like my essence during an audition process, but it's not high stakes. I don't ever usually go in to something with like the utmost like gut wrenching feeling inside because it doesn't help one bit. So I find that the things that I don't put much like energy into in that way ends up just being organically for me or not for me. So when I was in the room, they kind of like went around to everybody and was like, okay, so you guys are going to sing this part of the season solo go. And we had to do it in front of everybody. They got to me and it was the end. So I had already talked it out with Ari, my best friend. Um, and I was like, I'm not doing that high C at the end. I can't do it. I'm not going to make them think that I can do it and sustain it for the entire tour. Like, that's not something I'm willing to do. I was, like, very adamant about not doing the high C. I went in. I did my rendition of what I wanted it to be. Immediately, Tim pulled me over to the piano, and he was like, let's vocalize you. So he started vocalizing me, and he was, like, seeing if I could even hit the C. And I know I can, and I knew what he was doing. So I was like, hmm how do I play this? <laughs> do I like immediately hit the C and like, and then be like, well, why were you lazy? Or do I, you know, get, get, you know, I, I let him draw it out. So I let him draw it out. Yeah, I'm yeah. I know what I'm fucking doing. Y- y'all ain't playing me up in here. I, I got this. I got this. <laughs> so I, I threw that. it out a little bit and I ended up like, he ended up vocalizing me up to the high C and then he asked me to do the song again, sing it. And then in my modulation, like in the riff that I was doing, end on the high C. And I never really got it. I never, because I practiced something and I was like, this is what I'm comfortable with. And, you know, I'll try, but I can't guarantee that. And I pretty much said that. And he was like, okay, okay, no big deal. So he did that. I didn't hear anything. And like two weeks later, I got called back in a smaller group and it was only like me and another person or two other people. And we kind of did the same thing over again. This time I did more Joanne stuff. At the end of the day, it came out like the people who were on tour from the first year, they were waiting to see who was going to resign their contracts. And my um, person that I replaced, she was just figuring out what her situation is. She ended up taking the beautiful tour and she's was stupid, stupid good. So after I had like that last audition, I didn't hear anything. And I was getting this. Just talking about this, I don't know. I I don't think of my career in this way. So then when I like relive it, I'm like, oh shit, oh okay, like things were really like, moving for me. 
so in like May, this this all happened at like the end of March, early April. So May rolls around and summer stock's about to happen. And a theater that I worked with in the past had called me up and wanted me to be in their summer season. And I said, I would do it if they gave me my card because I had worked with them before. And I figured that I had enough leverage to be like, I really love you guys. I want to work with you guys, but I really need to be in the union. Yeah. Long story short, they said yes. They were like, okay, we'll give you your card. And I was like, oh, that's all I had to do? <laughs> yes. I need an agent. Yeah. I Advocate for yourself. That's yes. it. That happened. And it was like kind of two shows back to back that I was going to be doing, like leading up to rent. So I just emailed casting and I was like, listen, I have an offer on the table. I'm about to be union. I know rent's non-union. What's going on? And they were like, you're on hold, but we don't have a spot for you right now. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to sign these contracts. I signed the contracts for the other shows. Uh, I was in the process of getting my equity card. And literally, I was walking out of Kidville pretty much on one of my last days of work there because I had had it. I had it. Horrifying. So we were on like a lunch break or I was leaving or something. And I stepped outside and me and I got a call. So he was like, hey, Lana, so you got the job. <laughs> I was like, wait. Yes. The job that you told me that I couldn't get because there was no spot for me? What? And he was like, yeah, it's yours. And here's what we need from you. So I, after I broke out, um, I immediately was like, but now I'm equity. What the fuck am I going to do? Like, I just literally took an equity gig and rent is now telling me that I got, I'm, I am rent. Here I am rent. Um, so I broke out. I called equity. They did what they do for a lot of actors in my position. And they allowed me to postpone my enrollment until after the tour. But they told me I can only stay on tour for one year. So, so I got to do both my gigs in the summer. I yes. motherfucking rent. And then I broke up with my fucking boyfriend of eight years. And I went the fuck on tour. <laughs> Wow, I have chills from that story. And you're part of the Rent family. You're like part of a, such a historic, like Rent is like the first musical that I know my generation, I'm a little bit older than both of y'all, like got introduced to. Like I remember being in RCA and my musical <laughs> theater teacher, like we were laying on the floor. She's like, I'm going to play you a musical. And like growing up, like all the musicals were like cats and like everybody singing like, Ooh. So, like, to hear, like, something that was, like, light my candle, I was like, what the fuck is this? But I like it. And I was like, okay. So, like, you're part of that history. That's so it's amazing. Huge. It's huge. I hope I've said this to you in the past. I, I'm pretty sure I have. But you have, like, one of the best voices I've ever heard in my life. I think I'm not even Same. exaggerating. You are one of the best voices I've ever heard. And I'm pretty sure I've told you that before. But, like, hearing that story just gives me so much goosebumps. Because, like, I've always known, like you are going to be fine. Like you were destined for this. Like your voice is, I guess what they say in church, I'm not a church person, unfortunately, but your voice is anointed, right? Like you, this is your destiny. Like you have that gift to share. And like, there's so many people who can sing, but you can sing, like you feel it in your soul. Yeah, I second so. that a hundred percent. How, how old were you when you realized like that you had this big, giant, beautiful, perfect voice and that you wanted to do this. How old was I when I, re well, I think the year was probably 1996. 
a fresh seven-year-old Alana decided that um, <laughs> she was going to enter the first grade talent show. I, with the coaching of my wonderful mother who can't sing to save her life, but her ear is like, <laughs> I don't understand this woman, how she can like hear a flat note from six miles away. Like she just understands the business. She understands like what performance quality a person needs in order to like succeed. And she saw that immediately. She never doubted mm. like my ability. She never, she was mm. always like my, my biggest supporter, my first, the first person to be like, it doesn't matter what you look like, get in there and show them what you got. Like, cause you got it. And no one will take that away from you. I signed up for my first grade talent show. My mom was like, perfect. I'm on it. And so she decided <laughs> yes. that I was going to sing, I will follow him from Sister Act. Baby, when I tell you we rehearsed for three weeks straight, every <laughs> single night after dinner. Every single, she was like, no, your diction needs to be better. No, what? that note was flat. No, flat. sing it again. <laughs> I was yes. like, okay. But when I tell you I went up there and I won that $50 prize, ah. first prize. Um, so that's when I pretty much knew, I think, when I won the first great talent show. You were like, I cannot not do this. Yeah. I've always danced. Damn. Honestly, I thought I was going to be a dancer, as <laughs> I mentioned earlier. Uh, I truly thought that I was going to be a dancer. I used to dance with Alvin Ailey Dance Camp and Alvin Ailey had like a little sect of their dance program that they brought to Bridgeport. And then I ended up working for them when I was older. Um, But I was convinced I was a dancer. That's why you always had that staff shirt on, right? That's why you always had that staff shirt on. (laughs) That's why we called you staff. We were always like, hey, staff. (laughs) I was telling kids what to do when I was 16 years old. Yeah, so I just I I I've always loved dance. I've always loved singing. I never thought I would be where I am necessarily. Like my college experience kind of uh, threw me for several loops, and ending mm. at Westcott I think actually was a good thing for me. Um, you know, the one time being the only black girl actually worked out in my favor. So, uh, <laughs> it was great. Alana, who's your biggest inspiration? <laughs> who's my biggest inspiration? Yeah. I think my biggest inspiration is not a performer, necessarily. I have so many performers that I look up to, like Aretha Franklin is probably my biggest vocal gravitas inspiration. Yeah. Like what I feel anytime I listen or sing any of her music it's like otherworldly like I was meant to sing those songs or like she wrote those songs knowing that I would eventually sing them <laughs> like that's how it yes was. she did so I guess I, I, she must have she told me so if I have to say like a, <laughs> like a celebrity I guess it would be Aretha Franklin but my biggest inspiration and I guess I'm not gonna cry because I don't cry I'm just kidding um <laughs> it's my mom my mom is my my biggest inspiration like she just fucking keeps the fuck going and she keeps one foot in front of the other and she has done so much sacrificing for me to get me to where I am right now her and my dad so I definitely have to say my mom my mom is my biggest inspiration I love you mommy um has the recent Black Lives Matter resurrection of last summer impacted the art you want to make absolutely absolutely it's been really rough 
for me, actually, for just working through all of the emotions that come up behind where we are as a country and like what we're doing to support the people who get stepped on every single fucking day of our lives. Every day. Mm -hmm. um, and of their lives. I'm not sure how much you guys know about what's happening uh, with equity and with the union that, you know, I'm in. There's been a serious call for transparency and forward thinking and seats at the table need to be made. Overwhelmingly, I just feel like the theater needs to step up and grow some balls, grow a pair, and really take this work to the next level. Like, it's not going to change based on our voices alone. How to dismantle a system that has, like, not only pigeonholed people, but harassed people and, and like, gotten to a point where we feel undervalued, unsafe in some situations. Thankfully, I've never been in a situation where I've been harassed or or felt like I needed to be scared for any reason, but I've seen for it happen. Sure. The value that they place on the actors in this in this community, in our community, is despicable. It's despicable and it needs it needs real change put behind it. And I think we're going in that direction, but at this moment, I'm not really seeking out any um, live theater gigs, as it were, in New York City. I've decided to put my focus toward building the rest of my creative life. I've started doing a hair. Yeah, which and looks amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it has impacted the way that I not only like think about where I want to be in this in this industry in the next few years, but also what I can give as an artist that isn't just me standing on stage belting a number or you know me even even being on tour and and having the ability to reach so many people across this country that was very inspiring and like seeing just like what everyone is up against in different cities and states and everything was very eye-opening and made me understand that this is so much more than I really came into this business thinking it was. So I've just gotten a much more renewed sense of purpose. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that this moment isn't just a moment, that we're going to really affect real lasting change. Mm. In the meantime, you know, until things really kind of get back to where it's sustainable to be in a theater, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of like following my own creative path. I want to write a book. I um, want to write a children's series. I'm like in the works. I'll just shout it out real quick because why not? It's called Yo Lana. Oh my God. Started <laughs> like Yo Lana, like that. Yes. Um, and it's like, if you can imagine it in the style of like Penny Crowd, like that kind of animation, I started like kind of fleshing out the characters while I was on tour. And now it has evolved to a book series for like very very like tiny tiny babies like almost like a good night moon style series where it's called Yolana did you know and I state different facts about like like your beauty and how you are perceived as a human but like all of that is beautiful and good and like your brown skin is just as beautiful as this person's white skin and this person's like beautiful big hair and this person's straight silky hair like it's just helping kids spot and celebrate the differences and instead of spot and separate themselves based on their differences which is a big thing for me in my life being a nanny 
Um, I come at that stuff every day with these kids, just kind of explaining and trying to dissect what's in their brains and like see where that, where all of that is coming from. And, and it all starts when we're kids, right? So I think oh, yeah. getting it in the bud and like getting the message out as soon as humanly possible is like the way to go. So to wrap it all up and bring it all back to the initial question, I'm exploring mm. my other my other creative avenues while theater gets its fucking shit together. Because I'm ready to perform again. I'm ready to sing. I'm ready to do it all. I'm ready to inspire and um, and move forward with my career. I'm just not sure where that's going to take me at this moment. And I'm okay with that. I'm really okay with that. I, f- I, I just almost cried when you were explaining that book. That is so beautiful. And I'm so <laughs> proud of you. No, I was like about to cry. My eyes were curious. If I wasn't an Aquarius, I'd be in a ball of tears right now. <laughs> My, I had wet. I had wet eyes. I had wet. <laughs> that is something really, I'm really proud of you. And wow. That's so inspiring. Oh. Yes, you're doing it. Yo, Lana, you doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Lana. What's your dream role or dream collaboration? Hmm. Well, I guess my dream role has always and forever will be Effie White in Dreamgirls. Um, mm. And I've played it twice, not like professional, professionally. It was done well. Uh, I was in for it for the for the Broadway show a few years ago when they like teased us about it coming to Broadway. And mm. um, I mean, don't know where they are now. If you're listening, I'm still here. I'm still looking like this. And I still found the thing, I think. So call me. Yes. But yeah, that would, that would definitely be a dream of mine to play to play Effie on Broadway for sure, for sure. Other like my actual dream role is to star in a musical that was created specifically for me and my and my likeness and and you know everything about me. So I don't know if that means I have to wait until I'm like 60, 70 years old and I've had my career and want somebody wants to like do a, a biography of my life and like put it on the stage and I like come in and do all the numbers and it's like a like a one act, one woman show situation. But like I'm into it. Dream collaboration. I honestly dream of collaborating with every single person that I've ever been on stage with. So that's really hard for me to like narrow it down. But I'm going to say this. My Rent family is probably some of the most talented people that I've ever met in my life. And I've met celebrities. But these people are just so genuinely talented and are hungry to make a difference in this business. And one in particular, his name is Josh. Josh Walker. I'm going to name him, name names, because he will be fucking famous one day. This man is brilliant. He is self-taught musician. His voice literally makes you cry at the drop of a dime. Like I had to stand next to him and sing the I'll Cover You reprise with him. And he was, he, he, he killed it as Collins. I've never heard anybody emote and still sing all the right notes in that way. And then I had to come in and like do some yay, yay, yeahs underneath them. And I was blubbering like freaking <laughs> cool. so, um, Some yay, yay, yes. That's what I had to do. No, um, I want to collaborate with Josh Walker on specifically Yolana and for the rest of my life. That's my dream collaboration. Alana, I was expecting you yeah. to say me and we would oh. do some stage we would do some stage combat again. Like what? Like when we did stage okay. combat I'm and I sorry. beat your ass. Wait, did you do that Western Connecticut State University? Western Connecticut State University decided to put again Jason Coombs and I together as partners because why? 
<laughs> we didn't want to break anybody else. We just had to make sure that we were all safe. We were doing like lifts and stuff and like naps and daps and flaps and stuff. I did not. Honestly, I did not take a class. About that. Who taught this class? It was, what's his name? Sterling Swan. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. Why do you know that? Why do you know that name? <laughs> I'm dead. Are you kidding? <laughs> no. It just came to me. I swear. Sterling Swan, if you're watching. Sterling Swan, he was like a tall, skinny man, right? Yeah. And he gave me my certificate. And I said, well, now I'm telling everybody I know how to stage combat. Wow. Sterling Silver. Wait, Swan. Okay, Lana. Wow. If you had to work your least favorite survival job for the rest of your life, but three years would be your ultimate dream artistic career. But then after those three years, you return back to your least favorite survival job and t- until retirement. Would you do that? No. Same. <laughs> Same. I'm with you. No, no. Mostly because I cannot do anything for the rest of my life. There is not a bone in my body that can sit still for that long and do one thing. I am a true Gemini when I'm just like, great, on to the next, on to the next. What's yeah. next? What are we doing now? Like, I can't. Repetition is like the death of my creativity. And it's already like, I'm all, I've only been back working nannying. And like I said, I love my kids and they're amazing, but I've only been back nannying since October. And I'm already like, I don't I, I'm like going crazy inside my head. I'm like, I can't, I, I have to figure out something else. Do I, should I just get like another job so I can feel something new in my life? And by another job, I mean like add to my six job work schedule as it is right now, like <laughs> not even them, but I just crave newness. I don't think I could ever commit to doing that just for three years of bliss. Where do you see yourself artistically in five years? So in 2026, I can do math, right? 2026. <laughs> Two years before we go to the Oscars. Honestly. Yes. Um, in 2026, I see myself having already had my Broadway debut. Honestly, I see that for myself next year. But, you know. Yes. yes. Claim it, claim it, claim it, claim it. <laughs> I also see myself being established in every single way I could possibly be established. Um, independently. In my career, as far as like fulfilling the things that I want to do for myself, not working for anyone else. That's one of my biggest goals. I don't want to work for a good goddamn person anymore. Ever again. I want to create my own art. I want to produce my own art. I want to stand behind my own art. I want to collaborate with other people who want the same. So I see myself in the midst of building my empire by 2026 these are like the little pebbles that i'm laying right now and like getting my little you know this and that's here i see my book being finished definitely i see my series and the work i see i I see an album for me okay pause real quick shout out to my dad because he has always asked me before i do pretty much anything else to record a christmas gospel album for him and that will be 100 percent completed and on every shelf in Sam Goody. How old are we? I <laughs> am dead that you just said Sam Goody. Whoa. Bring it back, baby. Oh. Sam Goody. That Sam was Goody. good. I was in a diner and I saw a karaoke machine and the karaoke page 
was open to like the 2003 hit song. And it was like, bump, bump, bump. My love don't cost the thing. Um, what else was on there? All those hits. And I'm laughing, thank you. The Leah one. Like just yes. too many. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so old. I love everything. That's all um, I listen to is old music. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Hence Tupac. Yes. Yes, Pac. She's wearing a Tupac t-shirt. I'm wearing a Living Single t-shirt. Samantha didn't know oh, a Living Single. Oh, come on. You didn't know. We are living. I'm glad I got my girl. Keep your head up wide. Keep your head up. Keep your head up. That's right. <laughs> you can't bring Black people nowhere. Not a damn place. I am upset that I couldn't <laughs> chime in. I don't know the song. Okay, you want to sing Sister, Sister? We'll sing the Sister, Sister theme song. You know that one, right? Of course. Five, six, oh, okay, seven, okay. eight. So you have to start. Never knew sister, how much I missed you. And wow. now that everybody knows, I ain't ever gonna I let, ain't you. Ever gonna let you go. Sister, sister. Woo. Sister, was- sister. Yes. Speaking of all this singing, <laughs> we have a really fun game. Jason, Uh-oh. can you tell us about the fun game? Yeah. So, Alana, you ever watch those song association videos with like celebrities? I think it's like L magazine or some kind of magazine. They like, you know, they give out a word and then you have 10 seconds to think of a song that has that word in it. That's what yeah. we're going to play tonight. Oh, with God. You. not great at that. Okay. I'll let me put my, yeah, brain you're going to kill it. You got the timer, um, Jason. Yeah. We're going to give you a word and we're going to give you 10 seconds. Yeah. I'm getting my timer ready. Oh God, oh God, oh God. And oh God. yeah, I mean, there's no stakes. There's literally no stakes. Like what are you talking there's about? nothing there's to win or lose. It's just fun. <laughs> Okay, I'm ready. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. All right. The first yep. one is dream. We are dream girl boy. We'll make you happy. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. That wasn't Perfect. even text at 10 seconds. That was like two. No, right? Good work. Ding, ding, ding. The next word is star. Shine bright, shine far where you live, where you are, dear star. I don't know why that came <laughs> That one's so good. That was two. You got two for two. Okay. In less All than right. 10 seconds. All right. Third one is dance. Just dance. Gonna be okay. Yes, Alana. <laughs> the next one. Are you ready? Rainbow. Somewhere. Yes. Next one is love. Love. So many things I gotta tell you, but I'm afraid I don't know. That's it. Yes. (laughs) Really good. We just want to hear you sing, so we gave you all easy words. Yeah, yeah, this is why we picked the game. We were like, we need to get her sang-yang. Next word is telephone. Oh, God, what's the name of it? It's all I want to have something that's going to reach my telephone. And I'm up the telephone. That's going to reach my telephone. My telephone. My telephone. Perfect. Yeah, Yeah, Cozy. Okay. All right, last one. Final one. Candy. I taste just like candy. So dance with me. I taste just like candy. What year is it? So dance <laughs> with me. Yes. By the way, I yeah. don't know that song. It's 
50 cents. That's, it's really yeah. disgusting. And it's love crazy. it. Yeah. I um I thought you, know you were song. gonna I thought you were gonna go with I'll meet you at the candy shop. Do my lollipop. Fun fact, <laughs> me and my grill team at Notre Dame Catholic High School had a song or had a dance to that song. And we danced it at the halftime game. And it was inappropriate, and they nasty. did not take it off the field. <laughs> Jason said, "Nasty, <laughs> nasty." I know it's fine. Alana, you <laughs> aced the game. Whoop, whoop. Wow. Alana, thank you for coming on, wow. guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me. I just miss your faces, like in person. I just want to kiss them both. Mwah, mwah. I love you. We're kissing you back. Mwah, 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 mwah. Can you tell all of our listeners where they can follow you on the social media platforms? Um, you can find me on Instagram at once upon Alana, like a fairy tale. Cause I'm a fairy tale. Um, I also, you know, I guess I'm on LinkedIn. Is that a thing anymore? Facebook? I don't know. I have a, <laughs> you can find me on there. Um, I don't I'm have a dead. website because I'm old school. So, so shoot me. Um, but yeah, you know, DM me on Instagram. And if you're sexy, definitely DM me on Instagram. Slide in the DMs. <laughs> Whoa. Coomsy, I, like I, I love like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Small and chunky. Is that what you just said? Tall and chunky. I like a chunky guy. Okay. I mean, like, mm. if you're slim too, you're good. But just like, understand that there's a lot of ass that comes with me. So. <laughs> Same. You're so perfect. Same. You're so perfect. <laughs> oh, this was such a joy catching up with you. And I hope we get yeah. to do it sooner than later. I felt like we were Thank just like for... hanging out, which we were. Yeah. Great. And Sam, where can our listeners follow us if they're not following us yet? Oh, thank you. Please follow us <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter at Survival Jobs Pod and on Facebook at Survival Jobs A Podcast. Like, subscribe, follow, leave a five star review. Even if you want to leave a three star, please still leave a five. And mm-hmm. tell your friends. This is episode wow. eight, which is like, I know eight is like not a lot, but it feels like so much. And I'm so happy. So many. Eight, eight is one of my lucky numbers. So ah, happy that yeah. Alana was on. Alana, have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. You do the same. Love you both. Love you, girlfriend. Thank you. Love you. you. Thank you. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now. And get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org. Because only together we rise.